Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. We've been talking about the emotional health of Jesus. Aren't you glad we have a really good example of being a human in the earth? You understand Jesus was all God. At the same time, he was all human. And so he showed us that this can be done. We can live in joy. We can live in amazing peace, peace that goes way beyond the things that we understand, the things that we see, the things that we don't see. And we can have connection with the Lord that changes everything. Oh, so good. Wasn't the worship amazing this morning? Thank you, Lord. Lillian was saying that the songs that they, they picked were just right on with what was happening even, even as she was, was uh, bringing the call to worship. And they were also, also preaching some of my notes this morning, so I love when that happens. Oh, God is so good. The emotional health of Jesus. And we want to talk this morning about centering. Centering. So a bunch of years ago, we got to visit our oldest son, who was living in Reading at the time, and there's a, there's a lake a, f- a few miles further to the west called Whiskey Town Lake. And so we were spending some time with, with my son and uh, two of our grandkids. Our oldest, our oldest uh, grandkid was Seth and, and then Cherry as well. I think we might, have a, we might have a picture of them. So we were having this beautiful day at Whiskey Town Lake. It was amazing. You know, when I, I love beach, I love waves, I love the coastline, I love the horizon, but I really like lakes and mountains. When you have that combination of mountains and lakes together, just, just something that comes alive on the inside of me. So they, they had inflatable, they had an inflatable uh, raft for Seth and for Cherry. And Josh and I were going to use the stand-up paddleboard. Have any of you been on a stand-up paddleboard before? They're crazy that you can actually stand up in the middle of the lake. I'm, I've done windsurfing before. For some reason, I seem to have a better grid for that. But anyway, so we, we coasted out on the lake, and uh, I'm not sure who was in front, who was in back. I think, I think Josh was in the front. I was in the back. And so we're, our goal was to go all the way across to the other side of the lake. And about halfway across, Josh says, you know, let's, let's switch positions now. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure, okay, that's fine. And so I know a little bit about balance. You know, when you get in a canoe, you step in the middle of the canoe or different things can happen that will <laughs> mean you're getting wet. And even falling in wasn't a thing for me. I like, I like to sail a little bit. And the smaller sailboats, you know, you, could, you, can, you can hike them until they're pretty much the mass is almost parallel with the water. And you push the edge and if you tip, then you just get on the, pa- the, uh, the center board and tip it back upright again. So it's, I, l- I love pushing the edge. So getting wet was not a thing to me. But for some reason, I was really disconcerted because I'm going to the right, he's going to the left. This thing is going back, back and forth. And maybe the water was a little bit cool. Maybe, I don't know. I, by, that, by this time, I think the grandkids were laughing. And so finally, I, I think he stood up and I crawled through under, underneath him. <laughs> we got to the other side and we continued on our journey, having fun together. Um, it wasn't a big, big trauma. I don't think I needed to do inner heart healing afterwards, but it was disconcerting. 
So centering, we're talking about centering this morning. It feels good to be centered. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 11, which is our keynote passage these last couple months, months actually. And so Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone uh, or end, end to the one whom the, the Son reveal, wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we're looking this morning a little about how Jesus stayed centered in his life. The practice of centering was developed by the early church fathers. Only a few hundred years after Jesus died and rose from the dead, they talked a lot about uh, centering. And so where does Jesus live in our lives? Right on the inside of us. He's in, a, I think we were talking about this the last couple of weeks, that he lives in our belly. He lives in the innermost being of, of who we are. So centering in prayer has also been uh, revived and taught about by uh, recent authors, recent teachers like Henry Nouwen. Ed Peorick has done some great teaching on centering. Um, in the area of centering, you might find some people in the New Age talking about that. We're not talking about this, okay? We're talking about Jesus being on the inside of, of us. We're talking about being centered in the Word of God. If you stay on the Word, you stay in a safe place. So what do we mean by centering? How do we center? In this passage, after all John's preaching about repentance and about how the Messiah was about to come and we needed to get ready to be, to be recipients and receive what Jesus came for, and then Jesus shows up on the scene, John recognizes him, he baptizes him, most of you know the story. And so years later, John is taken captive and um, at that point he started to wonder, is this the Messiah? A lot of the Jewish people at that time felt that Jesus was going to, or the Messiah was going to be a political deliverer. But Jesus came and he said, guys, we're talking right now about the kingdom of the heart. So John was a little disconcerted in prison. And he sent his guys to Jesus. At this point, he says, are you the Messiah or do we need to wait for another? And so here's, here's Jesus' like cousin, you know, they were relatives, and he had declared that this is the Messiah. Behold, the Lamb of God. And now he's going in a different direction. But he honored him in the, you, you can read it later there in Matthew chapter 11. He honored John, and he, and he said that this is an amazing man. And, uh, and then he went on to rebuke some of the cities that were not receiving the Messiah, who were not receiving the Son of God. So after all this, it was a little bit of a challenging day. We find him say, uh, here in verse 25, 
he comes to the Father. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. So this is what he does. Jesus never got off center. You understand that. But the next thing that he does after all this is give thanks to God. He saw the big picture. He saw that people were receiving the revelation of who he was. That he was the son of God, that he is the son of God. And so he, he moves over into rejoicing over those in his inner circle who were welcoming the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, this was really his passion. You know, the, Gordon talked about this in terms of emotional health. One of the things that we do need to do is face some things. Sometimes you need to confront some things. Sometimes you need to bring some things in order. But we don't live there. That's not what we get up for in the morning is, oh, I can't wait to pick a fight with somebody or sort some things or bless God, get things sorted. You know, wake up with a spirit of righteous indignation on, on you, which usually that's not very righteous, the <laughs> indignation that people are carrying. But there is a time to confront. And so Jesus here is talking about living in a place of praise. He's showing us, he's modeling us to us about living in a place of praise. Now, I love the, the phrase here, at that time, at that moment, Jesus answered and said. And I'm wondering this morning, maybe some of us are, have been facing some challenges to our identity. Either people at work don't really realize who you are and what you have to bring. People in your family sometimes don't recognize who you are, what you have to bring. Sometimes moms and dads have a difficult time discerning who their son or who their daughter really is. God knows. But sitting in here, whatever, whatever challenge, whatever we're facing this morning, at this time, one of the ways that we can center is give thanks to God. So Jesus was giving thanks to God that these ones around him were getting it. They were getting him. They were understanding who Jesus was and why he was here. With the Lord, we can rejoice firstly that he gets us. I mean, my heavenly father understands me better than I understand myself. Sometimes I don't understand why I do things, but, but he does. And thank God, the other thing, him knowing everything about me, he loves me intensely. It's amazing. You know, for us ourselves, sometimes we find things in our lives where we kind of miss the mark, where we could have done things better, and then we have to work through forgiving ourselves. How many are good at forgiving yourselves? My hand is like halfway up. <laughs> it's a work in progress. But revelation is a beautiful thing. And when we begin to give thanks to God, it centers us because we're reminded, hey, God is on the inside of me. And if God be for me, who can be against me, right? So this is, this is one thing. The other thing is that confronting. Some people are energized when they confront. Most people generally are not. Most people, it's draining. If you had a, a day at work where you had to do some confronting and you come home, you're feeling a little bit depleted, a little bit emaciated, a little bit exhausted. Yeah? Have you ever been there at the end of the day? 
But coming to a place of joy because of who it is on the inside of us is living on the inside of in the, on the inside of us is amazing. And then remember the big picture of our life, our destiny. Yeah, sometimes we might have a rough day, but we have a really, really good father, even on a rough day. He loves us. And even if we were part of the problem of the day, he still loves us and we can rejoice. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to pick it up here in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So here Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured that cross and he just laid aside the shame. He discerned the shame. You know, some people were, were saying that he was the problem. He was being punished because he was such an evil man. He was an arrogant man, whatever. But the fact was, Isaiah prophesied about this. The fact was that he was wounded for our transgressions. Glory to God. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that was necessary for our peace was on him. That's why he was the scapegoat. And by his, by his stripes, we are healed. I love the literal, literal translation. By his bruise, healing is granted to us. And this is the big heart of the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When Jesus hung on that cross, we saw the heart of the Father, yeah? What an amazing God. What an amazing Father that would do this, that he would give his only begotten son to take our place on the cross. And I've got two sons, one daughter. Our, our youngest son is with us today. Good to have Richard here. I cannot imagine giving Richard up to pay the price for someone else's sin. I'm sorry. I love you guys. I have a hard time with that. But with our heavenly father, and the resurrection was coming. With our Heavenly Father, He so loved the world. That's, that's what He did. He gave His only begotten Son. Oh. Thank you, Father. When we sing, you know, when we sing songs about the death and resurrection of Jesus, it really helps us to increase in the revelation of the love of the Father. There's an anointing on it, there's presence. He comes, he indwells in that. That's the central thing. That's the central message. And so this love that Jesus had was so strong in him that he went to the cross with joy. He was centered. He was going through excruciating pain. He was bearing our sin. He was bearing the blame and the guilt of our sin so that we could go free. And he bore our griefs. He literally bore our griefs, Isaiah says. So this is the centering of Jesus. You know, when, when you're pioneering, 
sometimes you go through some challenges. You know, if you're pioneering a venture, you're pioneering a business, pioneering a ministry, you can face challenges, even in relationships. When you're starting new relationships, sometimes you have some things to work through. Or even relationships that have been going for a long time, sometimes you have things to work through, right? It takes time. Some things take time. But when we see the big picture, when we see what God is saying, when we discern what God is saying and stay with that, we can go through the challenging times with, with praise and with expectation and with joy. So I like this. When we were reading there in Matthew 11, he was very specific about where he was praising. It wasn't just general praise. I mean, he is good and he is, his mercy endures forever. That's a good general praise. And I love that. It's powerful. But here he says specifically, I thank you, Father, for these ones that are embracing your heart and your message. So for the joy that was set before him, he endured all that and he gave thanks. You know, just a thought on shame. A lot, there's a, a lot of uh, emotional duress that happens with shame. Has anybody ever experienced shame? I have. It's, it's, not, it's not a nice ride. So often shame is unjust. It's a work of the enemy. You know, in our relationship and our walk with God, Jesus did everything that was necessary to take our shame. If we did something wrong, if we made a wrong decision, we made some mistakes, if we did some ethical things wrong, if we did the wrong, if we did some evil things, we can confess that before the Lord and ask God to forgive. And he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Even conviction, when conviction comes in our heart, conviction is different than shame. Conviction is different than condemnation. When conviction comes, it's God's invitation to come back into fellowship with him. He's such a good father. Hallelujah. He sees our heart. He sees that we want to be one with him. And he honors us. And even though we may have fallen more than once, he keeps welcoming us back into fellowship in the family and our destiny in the family. So God is not a shaming God. If, if you have a concept or we have, wherever we've had a concept of believing the lie that God is a shaming God, we break that in Jesus' name. So giving thanks kept Jesus centered. Let's look at John chapter 7. John chapter 7. So Jesus here, he was talking about his soon departure. And uh, the principle of when you strike the sheep, when you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. What's the remedy for that? How do you prevent that? Because the shepherd was about to get struck. Jesus was about to hang on the cross. The answer is the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 37 here, John 7, 37. On that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers 
of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to overcome the challenges that we face in life. In Mark and Patty Verkler's book on how to hear the voice of God, they encourage us to find a place where we can be alone and undisturbed so that we can center down in our hearts without being distracted by our external circumstances. Drinking new wine is a mystery. Remember on the day of Pentecost, for them, this, they had not experienced the outpouring of the Spirit like this before. They had experienced Holy Spirit, but they hadn't experienced this because now out of their belly were flowing rivers of living water, new languages that they never spoke before. It was a miracle. It was miraculous. But it was a mystery. It was a mystery to them. And it was a mystery to some people that were more antagonistic. You know, they were, they were taking the place of derision. But Jesus was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. He was coaching his disciples. He said, guys, stay in this place before you go about the commission because you're about to be a dude with power from on high. Glory. For me, it was a paramount revelation in my life, in my coming to God, that Jesus could, by his spirit, live on the inside of me. I must have missed that message growing up. But that Sunday afternoon when my friend told me about Jesus could live on the inside of me, it changed my life forever. But you know, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get busy doing things and forget that the Almighty that we're just singing about this morning, he's riding around on the inside of us, right? This is amazing. And so what, when we bring ourselves back to the places centering, realizing that this is him, this is Jesus, Jesus, the resurrected Lord, is on the inside of us, is powerful. Let me read from Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Literally, that means unsavedness. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So we're called to sing, we're called to shout, and we're, we're called to drink, glory to God. Singing is something that we see that took, takes place in battle. Jehoshaphat was instructed through the prophet at that time when they were surrounded by the enemy armies to send the singers in front of the army. So they did that, and they were giving thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Giving thanks to God for his loving kindness is everlasting. So singing is a way that we can center ourselves. Singing in the Spirit, we just read about this in Ephesians 5, is a way that we can center ourselves. Singing in tongues is a really good thing because sometimes when our mind is flipping out, we can, we can set 
ourselves in a place of order just by praying exactly the will of God. The Bible says in Corinthians that we actually give thanks well when we're praying in tongues or singing in tongues. So it's miraculous. But singing, David was a, a person that understood about singing. When he experienced a, a, a real challenge in his life, the Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, he was, he was a writer. He wrote a lot of songs. We got a bunch of them, but he wrote a lot more. And so he had a lot of things going on, but he learned to worship and to give praise to God. So he was, he was experiencing that centering. By the way, Gordon talked about one of the things that we need to do in um, walking through things emotionally is to bring community into play. And so that's brought, brought out here where we're submitting ourselves to one another. So I love when we come in here, we're singing songs. You know, we're singing songs to God. We're singing songs to each other. Some people take the stand, so we, we should have all our songs singing to God. Yes, but at the same time, we should have some songs that encourage one another as well, right? So we can do both. And you find actually examples of that in Scripture. In Psalms, you find this. So community is really, really important. This is part of our DNA as Catch the Fire. God revealed to us about, to our founders really, about taking time with the Lord so that everything we do is not, not only reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God and worship, but taking some time just between you and God. And one of the, one of the things that does is bring centering. So we're just going to take a moment right now. Can we? Maybe you can just close your eyes. I want to read just a passage from Revelation. And while I'm doing that, let's focus on Jesus. There's peripheral stuff going on in our life. There might be people moving around or whatever. You might have an itch, whatever. There's peripheral stuff, but see Jesus. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Revelation 21. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Wow. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. Thank you for your heart, Father. Yeah. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Yeah, why don't you just put your hand on your belly. Right here, Jesus, right on the inside of us. We thank you that you are the Alpha and Omega. What you started in us, we believe that you will complete it. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Just like we were singing this morning, 
You always have been faithful. You are faithful, and you always will be. You always will be our God. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God is so good. I just want to read from Isaiah chapter 9, and then we're going to wrap up here this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, which we sang about this morning. Isaiah 9. Isaiah was prophesying about some challenging things that they were about to face because they had followed after other gods. And so it's a pretty, some gloomy things that he was de delivering as he was delivering the message. And then we find in verse 6 of Isaiah 9, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From this time forward, even forever, the zeal the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is the victory. Let's stand together, can we? This is the victory that we have. We don't always have to see reason for victory with our eyes or hear it with our ears or see it in our bank account, yeah? Or feel it in our bodies to know that we have victory. Come on. On the inside of us, we have the Lord Almighty. We have the wonderful one, yeah? We have the one who is our counselor. He is the one that has the wisdom that we need for the challenges that we face right now, right here, right on the inside of us. Oh, we have the mighty God. It's amazing that the mighty God can fit on the inside of us, yeah? Some of his spirit, the same spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on. <laughs> we don't get a discount Holy Spirit. We get the same one. We have this, the same historical Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. And guys, it's the everlasting Father. Again, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are not disconnected from the Father. He is living on the inside of us. And he is the Prince of Peace. I want you to just hold your hands out for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, we ask you to search us and know our hearts. Try us. Know our anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in us, any hurtful way in us. And lead us in the way everlasting.
Father, even reveal to us anything right now where we've got off center. Lord, show us what it is that's been bothering us. If it's mistakes, we thank you, God, that you're a God that can sort that out. If it's losses, we look at the book of Job. <laughs> wow, you restored double what was lost. And Lord, if it, even if it comes to sin or things that we've done that are evil, you are faithful if we confess our sins. You are faithful. You're really, really good at forgiveness. You not only cancel the debt, you wash us, you cleanse us, and you break the curses. So come, Holy Spirit, Spirit speak to us. Reveal to us once again who Jesus is on the inside of us and reveal to us, reveal to us what you do. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's just take a few more seconds and soak that in. We're gonna welcome the ministry team to come to the front here in just a moment. Thank you, Lord, go deep in us, Father. Deep calls to deep. The deep part of your heart that so loves us. <sighs> Go deep in us right now. Fill us up. Fill us up till our cup is running over. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you for your love. Give us visions of your face this morning. Uh, let us see the, the love in your eyes, the flame of love in your eyes. Let us see the kindness in your eyes once again this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. And Father, yeah, we do believe for miracles. Lord, every heart that's represented in this place, your hand is not shortened that it cannot save. And so we thank you that we serve a God of miracles. We don't just sing about this. We serve you and we expect the miracles, even this week, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.